With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 48 of the Lion of Vienna podcast two away from the big five or no we're trying to you know there could be some could be a few surprises in store in two weeks time but don't get your hopes up just yet because we're incapable of getting stuff done a lot of the time this week's episode is literally very unprepared we have no agenda we have no we have literally just the briefest of vaguest of ideas of which direction we're going so it could end up anywhere and joining me on this voyage to uncharted waters is <laughs> returning for the first time in quite a while i believe it's mr johnny ecclesey have i said that right i feel like i've said it wrong i don't know why you sort of i'll let you off mate hello yes i've not been not been around for a while i've been uh Busy, you? yeah doing a lot of stuff for the trust so but oh, now we're tell them. no <laughs> now we're uh now we're back so yeah it's good to be back yeah, I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about the trust later, considering the big news today. And also joining me, again, I don't think you've been on for at least two weeks, Tom. How are you doing? Uh, not bad, mate. Not bad at all. Yeah, it's been a couple of weeks, hasn't it? I've been um, either enjoying myself over half-term too much or working too hard when it's not half-term at the minute. I, I was realised I've not done an article in God knows how long. Oh but yeah, so that's been. I've got a I've got a series of ten in the pipeline. Oh so. good, that's that. I think that wow. I'll probably I'll probably get those written by Christmas. But there you go. Fuck, I need to pull any, my finger out. Do we have any previews? Because I've got six in the pipeline that I'm working on. So what's what's, what's uh, the pre the preview is it is the financial rise and fall of my beloved football club in ten transfers. Wow. It's wow. And, and it's, it's not it's not it's not who you'd expect either. It's uh, some of the more I've tried to keep it a bit hipster. Give us why don't you give us two like one a good example and one bad example. Okay, we go as to the dizzy heights of Yuri Jorkaev. Yeah. Um, but we also go to the obscure waters to borrow your uh, nautical terminology once more of blessing Kaku. Oh, right out so there. There you go. So oh. there's there's one that I uh, I need, I've committed to it now, haven't I? Well, so I definitely need to do those. Thanks sets. for blessing us with that little preview there, Tom. Oh, <laughs> like that. See, on other places, Johnny's silent, so I'm scared. He's just fucking shaking his head in shame like that. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't blame him for. But anyway, I guess there was football in the since last we spoke, and as I think me, Liam, and Chris dully predicted, depressingly predicted. We've lost both games, and yeah, it's looking very bleak. Despite despite a slight, you know, upturning potential feelings off the pitch, on the pitch it's still as dire as ever. So I guess we should start in Birmingham. Birmingham. I don't believe any of us went, so we're going to be talking out of our asses once more. But Johnny, one nil away. What what are our feelings? Um, it's not a bad result. I mean, 
it, uh, it is a bad result because we lost. But I mean, I I expected us to get um, get a few put past us, particularly with our away form and Birmingham being not not one of the worst teams in the division. Um, however, I still think we, we potentially could have done more. It wasn't exactly a soft goal to give away, but. Um, I think maybe we, we could have done more to keep it out. There were a few spirited performances from what I'm what I'm told and what I've read, but by all all accounts, it was just another typical away performance from Bolton Wanderers. Really, have you actually seen the goal, Tom? Of this, because I've not. I've just realised. I've just as I've started talking about it, I've not actually seen uh, the goal. Or anything. Yeah, it was uh, Clayton Donaldson. Yeah, uh, and he and he, he he kicked it and and it, and it hit the back of the net, and that's all I can remember. <laughs> and I'm hoping it's not a header now after saying that. No, no, it was a it was a bit of good work down their left hand side. Greedy was it? Not? Uh, yeah, he, he, um, I've forgotten who. I think was it Vela at right back at this point? Yes. Yeah, and uh, he, he just cut inside, got right to the byline, pulled it back. Very similar to our goal actually on Saturday. Oh, um, yeah. Although he, he kind of. If one of Feeney's balls would have been put into the back of the net, um, it would have been very similar. He did just a nice bit of trickery, and and that was that really. But we were just a bit shit going forward, particularly because Medine yeah. Medine Ooh, wasn't playing. Something else we could talk about. Oh, do we share that save, save that for the news, or do we talk about that now? Uh, oh, let's bunk let's bunk this bit out and talk about it now. So yeah, Medine was dropped from the squad, and we had an eyewitness at the scene. Well, not the scene where it happened, but a scene of, as we talked about in last week's podcast, Neil Lennon coming into the players' lounge or whatever after the game and talking, saying to someone, um, that fucking prick Gary Medine has told me to fuck off again, apparently. So, and then he was dropped for that, but all was well on Saturday when he was back in the squad. So, what do you think? Lennon was justified in his decision of dropping him, even though it left us very toothless up front. I personally believe he was. Like, I'll criticise Lennon for lots of things, but you can't have dickheads like that questioning your authority and whatnot, especially in a situation as dire as this. What would you say, Tom? Um, I'm, to be honest, I'm, I'm disappointed with Neil Lennon uh, oh. for a change. Um, I don't want to see Gary Medine play football for Bolton Wanderers. I don't care if we've got no strikers. I don't care if we haven't got any players. That's twice now that he's challenged the authority of the manager. Now, to my knowledge, it could be fucking well, though. Oh, this is it. It could be. It could be. You know, an ongoing thing on the training ground as well. I mean, the man might be a balloon and he might not know what he's doing. But if you turn around and banish someone to the academy on a Tuesday night, you don't have him back in the team on a Saturday because you got beat away. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, there's only so many times that Gary Medine can be Gary Medine and get away with it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a reason why no one wants to touch him with a barge pole. There's a reason why. Wednesday had him when they were in trouble, why he ended up at Blackpool. And the reason is, he's bad news. He's not a good player anyway, but he's he's bad news. And, and to be honest, I'd have had a lot more respect if Lennon had turned around and said, right, you're not playing for us again. Um, I don't care how much he's getting a week in, in wages. Um, he needs to take it as a matter of principle, mm-hmm. especially with his job not being the most secure at the minute as well. He needs to turn around and he needs to get rid, um, stick him in the development squad and keep him there. Um so I was I was pleased that Lennon had come out on Tuesday and, and said he was going to be with the development squad, but then by Thursday he's coming out and saying he'll be back in contention because he said sorry. Um, I, when we got him, one of the one of the things that I was happy with Lennon in terms of what he was supposed to be bringing was this no nonsense attitude, and mm. you know even when he came in and banned the hats on the training ground, I thought well you know he's got a bit of discipline about him, but he's he, he sacrificed that because of the situation yeah. that we're in. And he sacrificed his principles and probably his authority yep. um, 
to, to have just a, to avoid criticism, yeah, really, well, of just, his performances. Just so, he's got, just so he's got a striker that's not 37 years old up front. Or 5 foot 4. <laughs> that's very true. Well, he still sided with a fucking 37 year old anyway, didn't he? So we'll more on that later. Because Emil's better. Yeah, Johnny, what was your take on the whole Medellin situation? Um, I, to a certain extent, I agree with Tom. I mean, when, you, when you're going to drop a player, you're going to come out and say there's been an internal issue and we've dealt with it, the player's been disciplined, then you've got to discipline him properly. I mean, mm-hmm. I was disappointed not to see um, Medine in the team, obviously because it's difficult for Clough up front on his own. He, he's actually five foot seven down, let's give him credit where oh, credit's due. Play, but um, uh, for that reason, and I knew we'd struggle because Birmingham yeah, have got, have got, away, they've got, they've got big centre-halves like most teams in this league and, and anybody... Even other other players on the pitch would struggle up there without a target man like Gary Medine because it's not just about how tall you are; it's about knowing how to play it's up there. Not even having Clough up front; it's having him up front on his own, just like completely. Like, yeah. Even if it was Woolery alongside him, someone to, exactly to isolated th- on his own. I think I said that to to you boys last last Tuesday. Yeah. Um, why not? Why not just chuck Woolery in there? I mean, away from home, our, our form cannot get any worse. So why not throw caution to the wind mm. and, and chuck him in there? But then again. Medine, if he'd have started on Saturday, it would have been a different story. But he came off yeah. the bench, and although he, he did assist for the goal, I don't think he did a great deal. I thought, to be honest with you, I thought Heskey had his best game in a in a Bolton shirt on that's Saturday. Sick. That's interesting. I I saw a few tweets saying that Medine actually changed the game. When yeah, I was, no, I disagree. I, dis- I mean, not, not, he didn't do badly. Yeah, I uh, just I think he, he he's he's just not really effective from the bench. I'd rather him start. Yeah, yeah. From from the get go, and obviously he was always going to come on because Heskey can't play more than sixty five yeah. minutes. Well, but Leonard continues to tries to fucking defy that fact, doesn't he? But I know, alas. I know. So anyway, speaking of you know shit players, Dorian Devitt got injured against Birmingham. <laughs> hey! I, <don't> <laughs> I do not even care how scummy of it is of me to laugh at a player, but our own player getting injured, I couldn't be happier. Like he's been atrocious all season, like most of the season, and it's led to the partnership. Derek and Rob Holding due to necessity but Jono as we move on to another Bolton second loss of the week as we valiantly fell on our swords against Burnley I want to talk about that centre back partnership first because I've been hearing good things from all over the show but I thought they were absolutely brilliant um, Rob Holding looked slightly shaky on the ball um, in the well, first you've got Andre Gray fucking buzzing about yeah him. in the first sort of 15-20 minutes just a few kind of short five yard passes that kind of only just made their way there thanks to a bit of hard work by uh, Prattley and, and Spearing in the middle but um, I think by and large they're very good Derek is showing a similar amount of form if you can call it form yeah. that, he sh- uh, that he showed at the very very start of the season when I thought yeah. he and Prince would be one of the most formidable Defensive partnerships in the league. Oh, um, we were, we were. I know. feeling like that as well. But they, they were very good, weren't they? They were very, they were very suited one another. Yeah, they were very European. They're both very, very quick. Um, they're both very good with the ball. I thought, well, so it seemed, and then obviously things went very, very downhill quickly. But um, yeah, I think that's a very good partnership. And I've got a, an article coming. It's not not ten like Tom's got, but of how I don't think David Wheater will play for Bolton ever again. Because mm. um, he's probably been our best player this season. He has, he's, but he's injured. I can't see him getting back in the team now because it'd be unfair to drop holding because he's yeah. and stood be in for him. Because we're not going to sign Wheater on again next year. Exactly, and, and unless gone. unless he, he volunteered because he he was when they didn't get paid in uh, yeah, yeah. November. He was one of the first people to say he would stay no matter what. Yeah, so he, he does strike me as the type of lad 
who is like, sorry if I'm sounding like I'm a distance, I'm just fucking away from the microphone. Um, he does type me as the type of lad who does kind of like, at this club, he likes where he is and that type of thing, but I think I think he's, he's probably deserves better. He'd be fucking brilliant in League One, don't get me wrong, but A, we need to look forward to the future a bit and get, and you know, he's injury prone and whatnot, so he's probably best for our parties if he goes. And again, I can probably see him just going to Middlesbrough, like going back to the North East, probably Middlesbrough, maybe to Sunderland if they come down. There, type thing uh, I think yeah, you would go to a, uh, a mid mid to top top half of the table championship yeah, club somewhere like Middlesbrough. I could see him fitting in at somewhere mm. like Derby. Maybe um, we the point is like we need to move on, don't we? We need to. This is the future. I think Derek and Holden, providing we get a fucking axe together and sign Holden up to a six year deal. Yeah, I think there's a lot of potential there. I'm quite happy to see that. It's you know it's through necessity, yeah, but I'm glad to see that Lennon's finally given it a go. I agree. So. Up more onto the billing performance. We'll take away, Johnny. I hear Liam, the fiend, Feeney, had what was seemingly a fucking Ronaldo West showing. Yeah, he, I thought he had his uh, his best game in a Bolton shirt. Uh, again, there were a few of them. Um, Derek, like I said, back to his back to his best. Um, who else was good? Sparing, good. It's the kind of game for sparing. The local derby wears his heart on his sleeve. Prattley played very well. Um, yeah, Feeney was was great. He was he was up front. It was a bit of a funny formation, really, because he was kind of playing up front, but kind of not. Um, like it was a like diamond type thing again. yeah, it was like a diamond with um, Clough at the top of the diamond, and then Feeney playing off Hesky, and it worked really well. But Feeney was just kind of buzzing, buzzing around, getting about, um, work, doing a lot of good work down the down the flanks. Um, putting some really really good crosses in, and I can only I can't help but feel if if Medine was on, he, he might be getting on the end of more of the more of them than Pesky. Maybe able to get on the end of them to head them just wide of the post. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> um, I think Clough Clough was the only player I thought that really struggled. Um, yeah. he, he just it's just not the right game for him. The, I don't he was think. In, was he take it was behind the striker? Or was he? Up yeah, he was. He's playing like num- that number ten so role, like just so just Dave behind. Jones and Joey Barton in his area. Pretty much, yeah. yeah and he, he just, just he's just not either. he's just not strong enough. I mean, my uncle who I sit with at the game said he definitely won't make it. I said that I thought that was a bit a bit harsh of him, but because of his size, he needs to put on a bit of weight or a bit of bulk or just maybe put himself out a little bit more. I mean, it's tough when he's he's had those injuries and stuff, but I just think he needs to put himself about a little bit more to be able to justify being a, an all round quality player, really. Yeah, it's a yeah. I think. He's still got a bit of development to go, isn't he? He's definitely in that regard. Um, so, obviously, me, me, me and Tom were at the game. So, I was at Aqua... No, I was at, I was at Shaw Lane Aqua Force. And yes, it is a real name. V Drayton Town... Fucking, I can't remember the rest of it. What even is that game? What, why are we there? We, we lost? Nah, it was a... My mate was going, and I was like, I've got nothing else to do, I'll go. It's like in Barnsley. So I was like, oh, I've never been Barnsley, oh why not? God. Won't be going again, I'd have thought. But it was, it was fairly fairly funny to me. There was a point where this mass, this like, big, just dopey centre-back for Market Drayton Town, the ball came to him on the halfway line, and he just twatted it forward. And all he did, as he kicked it, he just went, fuck it off. And it was just <laughs> the funniest thing I've ever seen. I thought, it just tickled me. And um, and the oh, it was just it was very amusing. Well, Tom, you went there, Eva. We'll talk about in depth where you went, but why don't you tell us where you were on Saturday? Uh, I was at Tynecastle watching Hearts take on Topi Obadei <laughs> and Kanak. Really? Yeah. <laughs> very good. What took yeah. you up to the north of the border? Um, it was a I'd bought it as a, as a present. Um, 
for my little brother. He's got a, he's got a bit of a thing for hearts. So um, got some tickets and sat behind sat behind the goal in the Roseburn stand and had a really good afternoon. Um, and to be honest, until yeah. shall we talk about your points you want to make now, and then we'll talk about yeah, well, yeah, we, go yeah, we can. Do. Know, yeah. Do can I start with Obadei? Watch, do it. There's there's no structure um, here. Do he all. was in in. In, in a bad Kilbarnock team, he was their best player. Ooh, yeah, um, get him back. Um, he played on the left side like he did when he broke through with Coyle. Uh, he played on the left side, but they were playing with one up front. They were playing with Josh McGenis up front. Um, and that was the first time that I've ever seen a six foot six, six foot five, big burly target man take long throw-ins, which I thought was ridiculous. Oh, when, oh I saw you tweet that. I was yeah. sure you meant Medina taking throw-ins. I was like, what? Oh yeah, no no it was it was, it was Magenic, Josh Magenis. Um that was, that was, that's weird. Ob- Obadei had a really good game. I mean Callum Patterson played right back for Hearts and he he likes to bomb forward because um, he, he was a striker until about 2 years ago and then he's uh, he's now dropped back to right back. Um but he played quite he played quite further forward um and Obadei just slotted in behind. Um and he he gave him he gave him murder. Um but just just typical what we saw when he was breaking through. His, his end product wasn't great. Um, he's crossing. He won a couple of corners from his crosses. A bit of a Feeney sort of performance in that sense. Um, and and his his shots on target were, were almost passbacks. <laughs> but um, he was he was until the the introduction of ex Real Madrid Julian Faubert. He was probably their best player on the pitch. <laughs> Get away! Was Faubert there? No way. <laughs> Julian Faubert. Julian Faubert signed for Kilmarnock in midweek. I um, have no idea. And he started on the bench, and when he came up to warm up, the, there was about 200 Killy fans, and they went mental when he started warming up, as if, like we did when Idigal Johnson came back. Um, and then oh, there was an injury, um, and he came on after about half an hour. Um, and if you were to say to somebody, there's an X-Realm Madrid player on the pitch, can you pick him out? You wouldn't have been able to pick Julian Fogel. That's so random. <laughs> um, but yeah, he came on and uh, did very little, but yeah. So what was the... Um... The point you mentioned to me about fans or something. There were two. There's two things I wanted to, to mention. Um, so when you're walking in and you go in the in the gorgeous stand and you walk right round. So you, you go in in the gorgeous stand and you walk round the back um, to the Roseburn stand, which is the opposite uh, the opposite goal next to the away fans, and that's where they put the day trippers um, like me. Um, and as you walk past, there's a there's a list of 500 names. Um, it's not called the 500 Club, but it's something like that. And it's the names of 500 fans who um, bought. I believe I might I might be wrong here, but they bought season tickets that weren't necessarily for them uh, when the club went into administration. Um, and for a bonus point, do you want to have a guess at who the lead administrator was at Hearts? Was it Trevor Birch, by any chance? Trevor Birch. Um, he loves it. He bloody loves it, doesn't he? He loves insolvency. He, loves despair. he, he, he absolutely loves, he, he loves despair. He's like the Grim Reaper. <laughs> but he, 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 I think I think he's like one of these... I think he's got shares in like fan ownership because I got the vibe from Trevor Birch that by turning up to the meeting um, with the Pompey board, um, he was trying to throw his weight behind that. He's seen Hearts come under a limited amount of fan involvement. He's seen it with Pompey, and I think he's he's done all he can to to get our supporters trust involved. So I, I think he likes that. I think he sees himself as like a, a vigilante bringing football back to the people. Um, what would that the, superhero's name be? What would what would like uh, um, Trevor Birch's like secret identity um, superhero name be when he's out fucking making, uh, like uh, killing off? Um, criminal owners and giving it to the people. 
Twenty's plenty, man. Twenty's plenty, man. <laughs> Johnny, can you do better? Um, no, uh, no, I can't. I was going to say insolvency, man, but that's shit. <laughs> yeah. um... So that no, was just, that... just simply the administrator. That's good. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's Started. good. Right. And to I be like honest, if you wanted to move into like the adult industry, you could keep the name as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, um, so that was nice to see. You know the um, the fact that there's a fan involvement there, and then secondly, the one thing that I loved from start to finish is I sat in a stadium that was packed. I mean, there's only seventeen thousand seats. It was a sellout for a, a game between a team who. Basically, they've finished third already. I don't think they're going to finish any lower. They're not going to catch Aberdeen. They've got nothing to play for in March. Kilmarnock are second bottom. They they filled out the away end. And I did not hear one uh, negative comment towards the team whatsoever. And there was Dowder, the new striker up front, was absolutely shocking. I mean, if you think Gary Medine's a pudding, you should see this lad. He is absolutely shocking. Um, he picked up the ball for the penalty in the second half and it's the worst penalty I've ever seen but there was not one negative comment um, and it was so good not to hear somebody shouting bloody hell Feeney just for for 90 minutes I mean going to the ground everyone walks to the ground it's got a bit of a Burnham Park feel about it because um, it's a, it's an old style ground and people walk there and everyone's got the maroon and white scarves on and there was no negativity around the place whatsoever and it was just so nice to be away from Bolt one. How much were tickets? It, the day out, um, just for the three tickets, seventy pound. So is that what? Oh, I can't do maths. How it was, much for one? It was, for, for adult, I think it would cost me twenty six per adult. Mm, I might. It's because it's in Edinburgh, isn't it, obviously. So I, I like Edinburgh. So good to say. So did you go yeah. to? Do you take it? You spent? Did you spend the weekend in Edinburgh? Uh, the majority of yeah. The did majority. you go to the? Pulled Park place called Oink. I've been before. Sick, um, I didn't go this time. But, yeah, that was, but this is the Love Pod where, uh, yeah, no. where we bring you top cuisine. <laughs> the Love Pod yeah. talks about hearts. Love, love, hearts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, back, <laughs> oh, to, oh, back to the other team. It, it was just lovely. It was just lovely not right. to have uh, Bolton fans around me. And I know right. that sounds terrible, but right. I thoroughly enjoyed not having Bolton oh. fans surrounding me. Back to the team. <laughs> back to the match we actually care about with players wearing claret. Johnny, is there any like more thoughts about the Burnley game? Like players you thought played well, how we should have won but didn't. Paul Vachubka being all right. Andre Gray fucking just ripping us to shreds as he's wont to do. Except um, etc. Andre Gray, I mean, he he was the difference. Um, he's it league. Yeah, he's he's a nine million pound striker, so that's what we've not got, and it shows when. I mean, for the the first goal. Um, Rachovka made a great save and it was a really, really good reaction save but if he'd managed to palm the ball out he, he was quite far off his line though. he had to come out to like where the like, imagine the, the corner of the six-yard box where the one line joins the other yeah. he was like on the point of that corner so he's quite far out there um, he, he palmed it you've probably seen it but he palmed it up into the air and then Gray just, just banged it in with his second touch um, so that's one all, and then five minutes later, Jay Spearing mm. he just didn't release the ball in the centre circle, and he, he, like got, he got just um, he got, yeah, he got crowded out, and then the ball went out wide. Uh, someone played a killer pass through the middle, and Freddy, I mean, someone I don't know who that is. I just normally Burnley make calling Freddie. I don't know who no, Fred Derek, is. and so De- Derek's quick, but 
he's not he's not quick enough to catch Andre Gray. Yeah. Um. So sadly, it it, it was a good finish by Gray, and there's, there's not really that you can do when you've got a player of that quality up against uh, us, really. So that's it's a massive shame because um, we, we that's our best performance all season, I would say. Wow. So we should have won then, or at least got a point. Well, I said we at least got a point. I mean, my my uncle again, who I said said to me, um, "Would you take a point today?" And I said, "Absolutely." And then at the end, he said, "Would you still take a point?" And I said, "No, because I know they they deserve more." Uh, it's just shame. It's like that's what I've been saying all season. It's like those games, this Burnley game, the QPR game a couple of weeks ago, the Fulham game back in uh, December. I want to say yeah, December. It's games like that where we play well, should win, but still don't. That are just the most deflating, the most the ones that just confirm that we're not good enough and we are gonna drop out. But do you think there's hope, cause for hope after seeing that performance? Um, I think so. But then I look at the fixtures and I think, oh, fucking mate. hell, it's gonna be really, really tough. Yeah. Our home games are tough. It's gonna be really, really Sick. tough for us to get points. Mm, well, we'll can I throw some? Can I throw something in the mix? Sure, you can. If we, I think some people keep keep saying, "Oh, we're down, we're relegated." But then it comes to games like Burnley, and then they're disappointed when when it doesn't go our yeah. way and we get beat. Now I've accepted it. I've reached that stage where I have accepted mm-hmm. relegation. Um, and yeah, I was a terrible fan at the weekend, and I went watching somebody else. But we've played two very good teams. Um, we've not been convincingly beaten by either of them. Um, we've come up against a Burnley team that are probably going to be, if not in the Premier League, they'll win the league this year. year. They're going to wholly win the league. Mm, I don't think you know, they'll win it. I think Hull are better. Yeah, it's between them two. They'll get top two if you get me. You know, in in the end, all I want from all I want from a Bolton team yep. um, is is to give everything. And we've taken two very good teams. We probably we didn't deserve anything from the Birmingham game by all accounts. Probably deserve more from the Burnley game, but it doesn't matter if we'd have got a point uh-huh. on Saturday. It had made in the in the grand scheme of things, it had made no difference. Not really. No. Um, the one thing that I, that I wasn't sure of, and Johnny, you were there, so you can tell me if I'm talking nonsense, but. The second goal to me just looked like a ball over the top, just a simple knock over the top, and Gray dropped his shoulder and he was in. Oh, it was. Yeah, it was a very, very simple goal. But that is that that to me was the only real time where they showed more quality than us really in that game. They were Burnley was second best for, and feel free if anybody who's listening wants to correct me if I'm wrong here, but I, I think they were the uh, second best for a good. 70%, if not 80% of the game. That was the only real time where they showed why they are a team where they are. But having said that, top teams grind out results. Chelsea won the league last season and look if you look how Leicester. many won, Leicester, look how many 1-0s they had. Leicester it, smashing that 1-0 Saturday, my well, boys. Yeah, like the, the top teams grind out results to get three points. It doesn't matter whether you win 5-0 or 1-0. What matters at the end of the day is, is the three points, isn't it? Top teams grind out those results. So uh, whether... You win five nil or one nil, it really doesn't matter. Um, and that was really the only time that they showed that they're they're going to be a top team who, who are going to get promoted again. And it's just a shame because we we compete with them on the pitch, but then you look at how the clubs have been run off the pitch, and it's it's phenomenal how the finances have been mismanaged and stuff. But that's another point for another day, really. Oh, another segment because oh, another segment, yeah. Because we don't have an agenda and we do what we want. Yeah. Have you, <laughs> have you any other? Anything else you want to say about the game, Johnny? It's like there's nothing much we can add. Um, the, the, I don't. I, Lennon's, Lennon's. I've reached the end of my tenor now. With, uh, it's taking edge this of tether. Yeah, really. Like, I mean, I've been giving him a chance, and he's he's obviously he looks. If you compare his 
it's a bit like have you have you ever seen a picture of Barack Obama yeah, when he I first went into office? Exactly what he's gonna say when he started. Like, yeah, to and if you compare what Lennon looked like when he started to what he looks like now, he, he's definitely aged about ten years. However, I was more than willing to. Do to you. Yeah, that's true. Might do to you. Um, <laughs> Dan just covered us from a legal perspective there. Um, I. I was in full, fully supporting Lennon, and then his substitutions now are the final nail in the coffin for me. Still, because well, did you not see that stat? Like, I agree with you, but did you not see that stat that I was doing the rounds last weekend? That we, uh, Lennon more of our subs. We've had goals from more substitutes than any other team in the league. Now I do agree with the point you're going to make because I I had it, I'd lost it at the Birmingham game after he made just fucking uh, didn't all the keep. No, Dab, the Birmingham, yeah. When he waited till the 84th minute to bring on Silver. Like, what's the fucking point? Silver's our best player, should be fucking starting. But yeah, please continue showing up, turn up. Um, I think bringing on Stephen Dobby in any game is unacceptable. Uh, the fact that he's still a player at our club is, is beyond me. Um, he brought him on in the just after the goal, um, just after the Burnley goal, so at one all. The man's not a game-changer. Where, where does he play? I, I still don't know what position he plays in. I've written this in about 13 articles this year. I, I've got no idea. Is he a wide man? Is he a number 10? Is he a centre-forward? I, I really don't know where he plays. So, And then you've got players like Woolery and Silver on the bench, hungry young players, not washed-up, shitbag every men who have no place in football anymore. And then we go and concede another goal and it's 2-1 and you've got someone like Dobby on the pitch and there's two if not three players on the bench, who, are, who arguably I would have on before him, that's Neil Dans being the third. And let's not, Dobby and Dans are a similar age, and the way they act as players is, is, is phenomenal. Like the, the difference is, is unbelievable, and I just don't understand why he has so much faith in the same players all the time. And then he brought Silver on again with five minutes to go, and how can he, he possibly impact on a game when we're chasing it like that in such a short space of time? Yeah, I agree. That's like the, the one... So is the sub against Birmingham believe it's the 84th minute that just had it with me I was like no I can't I, I just can't be doing them anymore we need to have this all ordeal sorted soon and then get the new manager in and well we'll talk about that ordeal and all the other happenings of Wanderers in the past week in the next segment so do not go anywhere Hello everyone, and thank you for not going anywhere, because I would presume that if you're hearing my voice, you're still listening to this here podcast. Weird sound like transition intro, but I'm very tired, very, very fucking, very tired. Anyway, like I said, we've got no agenda, so our agenda consists of four things written down on my fucking notebook, which we've just discussed hastily then. And the first of which, which we should have probably been given a bit more care in preparation to, was Monday's court Kate. Court case. court case came and went and Bolton Wanderers a week on with a week to go till the next court date are still a club, still surviving and potentially football league providing have new owners in the form of the Sports Shield Consortium led by Dean Holdsworth and the Australian accountant called Bruce Gordon Johnny, it was one fucking whirlwind cluster fucking mental draining shite wank get whatever of a day where did you see it all you know as your position or I don't know of your involvement with the trust and all that type of stuff how did that come into play and like what what do we think 
of the Paul ordeal and what do we think of little big ED Eddie Davis making himself fucking um, honorary president of this club still refusing to leave despite no one putting his money in anymore etc etc you know the drill talk about what you want I'm too tired to care <laughs> uh, yeah well for the, the people that don't know who are listening I'm on the on the trust steering group so just to clear up and dispel a few myths but I think we should probably save the whole spiel for another podcast but uh, just yeah, to dispel a few that, yeah I think we're, we're going to do some sort of Q&A but just to dispel a few myths the steering group are put together by the three people who start the trust so that was Chris Peacock who spoke at the Macron on the 6th of January um, Mike Smith and Ian Bridge so those three legally are the only members of the trust because they have set it up they're the, they're the board members effectively now and it's their job to put in place a group of people who can take the trust forward and get it set up now there's a lot of people out there who think that we're trying to buy the club straight off the bat without sort of anybody else having a say in it but that's not true it's just because our trust is a unique situation no other club has ever faced setting up a trust so quickly and then having to potentially try and save its club straight away Portsmouth set up a trust and then three years later they went into administration um, but obviously we only had months anyway um, so I think the, the the court obviously they've got faith that we're actually going to get this done uh, I've seen a lot of people saying that um, Dean Oldsworth hasn't got enough money um, He's they're going to end up selling assets and stuff and to be honest with you even in our position as a trust we're just like normal fans. We don't know. We don't know anything other than what what you see reported in in the media. What people like Mark Isles tell us. So I've got our line of venusweet.sbnation.com. Visit it now. Um, so uh, to be honest, mate, I, I couldn't I couldn't give you any more information on it. I, I think I, I'm happy that Holdsworth's involved because he's an ex player. I'd rather have him than some some random billionaire asset stripper as as we people have claimed or whatever so I think it's with him heading the consortium uh, and based on the, the interview that we had with him last week that um, you, yourself and Chris did he, he seems very honest he seems like he genuinely does care about the club uh, and I don't know why he would lie about doing that because it's obviously it's not gonna it's not as if he's gonna make a profit out of doing this for the fucking ring he has for the past no you, you don't you don't you don't stick around for nine months however long they've been discussing this um, uh, unless you, you you see a, a sort of a long long term future and you've got a long term plan, he's not going to make any any serious cash out of it until the club starts turning a profit, which isn't going to happen for for many many years. So uh, it can only be a good thing for now. But what will what will come of it? Whether we'll get sort of cash injection straight away, I, I really don't know. Yeah. So on the whole court case thing with Holdsworth and. So and, and everything that happened on Monday, basically, you know, we're still a club. It hasn't gone through yet. Are you any are you concerned that it's the football league might not appeal uh, like you know grant it whenever it does, even though Chileno somehow still owns leads. Um, you know, any other thoughts and whatnot from the day because it was quite a crazy and pivotal day for Bolton, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, uh, the football league that that's always the red tape that you have to go through the fit and proper persons test and. They'll also review the business plans and just check that everything's obviously in order. They w- they wouldn't 
sell a club to someone and allow that deal to go through unless it was going to be done correctly. And if it gets rejected by the Football League, that means that either it's been rushed or Sports Shield just aren't right. And that's either that's because they're a, still quite a young company or a young consortium or whatever, or or maybe they just need to go back to the drawing board. I, I'm not really sure. I mean, the, the demands that Eddie Davis is making it, uh, are, to some people, sort of pretty outlandish. But then again, what he's asking for... I don't think he's, he's too much. He's, he's putting 180 million plus of his own personal wealth. He's still writing off 165 million of that um, to get a suite named after him and to become club president probably would have already happened. Maybe not the president bit because they're the only one at the moment that's not left out. And personally, I think that should stay the way it is. Um, to get a suite named after him, I don't think he's asking asking for too much there. Um, and just for that, that 15 million will come from. Like it's been reported, TV rights, etc., etc., and that is really so. He, he has a bit of a hold over the club still. And would you not want that if you're selling something after 15 years that you've put all your money into? And you, he, he wants look at it from Eddie Davis's point of view. He wants to protect what he's done mm-hmm. at the see, club. And people, no, see, but people call him a bastard, and people say he's a horrible, horrible man. But I, I, I don't. I've never met anybody that's ever had a conversation with him. Um. So they, they don't they don't know what he's like. They only know what's reported. Uh, only only a select number of people have, have, have ever heard his voice. Um, the first time I heard his voice was when he was he was on the phone to Sky Sports News after Phil Garside died. So I mean, the, the guy's a very very private man. Um, and he, say what you like, but him and Garside people seem to hate them. But they've they've been at the helm of this club when it's been through its most su- successful spell ever. So we do, as fans, we obviously, we, we don't owe him anything, but we, I, I feel we shouldn't really shun him out of the club. And I understand why he wants to protect his legacy, because I think I'd, I'd feel the same, really. Yeah, I can. I'm just very much torn on it. Tom, I can sense that you've got like a burning rant or <laughs> dialogue on the you're, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. Ah, good. Uh, if there's anyone out there who has called Eddie Davis, whatever name under the sun they've called him, if there's anyone out there with £170 million of their own money that they want to plough into a football club, please step forward um, and let me know. Um, listen, it's, it's one of those. It's It's been disastrous. The way it's been managed has been disastrous. But you've got, and I said this on Monday, you've got to remember, whatever you think about him, he's leaving our football club far, far poorer than he was when he joined it. Um, and he's a fan, and he, he he's made some he's, he's maybe made some bad decisions or maybe allowed too much oversight. Some mistakes have been made, but f- for anyone to suggest that that that, if, that Phil Gartside and Eddie Davis never had the club's best interests at heart, um, then they're wrong. Um, they might have they might not have necessarily made the right decisions, um, but at the time they were, and I didn't see you complaining at the Allianz Arena. Exactly, that is exactly right. Would I mean? It's like it's, it's, did they did they cheer when Yuri Jarkai scored a goal? Did they cheer when Ivan Campos scored a goal? Did they cheer when we signed Nicholas and Elka? Yes, they did. They were all happy, and that only happened because of a Davis's money and b because Phil Gartside was with us. Phil Gart Phil Gartside Phil Gartside um, has been accused of two things: um, having a lack of ambition. 
um, in the Premier League and then overspending in the Championship. And it's probably true to a small extent that we came to the point where if we wanted to progress and we wanted to become a long-term top six challenging club, then money had to be spent. But when the money's not there, the money's not there. We punched above our weight to get there. Um, but then he gets criticised for overspending in the Championship. And listen, the, the, the thing that boils down, it boils down to is mistakes have been made. But for anyone to suggest that those two men didn't want what was best for Bolton Wanderers, considering they're both lifelong Bolton fans, then they're deluded. Exactly. We we took a gamble. I feel like we, we just it's just me and you now, Tom. We just keep cutting Dan out. <laughs> no, no. I'm just, um, I'm just we, we, sat here like kind of disagreeing a bit. But <laughs> as a, as a club, we took a gamble, as every club that gets relegated has to, to spend big as big as you can in the Championship and get back up there within the first season. And we almost did it. We were so, so close to at least getting in the playoffs, which would have been quite successful, We would have been the team on the the, uh, upwards charge, I think we'd have won. Yeah, and we were that that team, and we were almost there, and then we we failed at the last hurdle, and it's 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 been downhill ever since. So, from that, I'd say Gartside did, did the right thing. Did he do because, the right thing by hiring Dougie Friedman instead of Mick McCarthy? Uh, maybe I'm not, sure but uh, that's, that's that's another point for another day, I think. Yeah, but it's, I don't know, I'm just, I'm, on the Davis thing, I'm not really going to touch on Gartside because I've never really understood all that debate on it. Just Davis, it just seems like, it's infl- it seems like he's just inflating his ego, he's not letting us forget him. I'm like he's just making, you know, he, he's the one who said he doesn't want anything to do with this club anymore. He's the one who stopped paying. So why is he still fucking hanging around like a bad smell? It's just with the club needs a new fresh start. He needs gutting from top to bottom. Apart from you know, apart from like the, obviously the fucking loyal staff who've been here for decades and the young players. It needs gutting. It needs the board needs changing. The fucking oh the you know the structure of everything needs changing. We need to like get rid of the shackles of this just fucking awful awful time and move on in fresh pastures and whatnot I just feel like him just it's not going to make a difference I the thought when everything gets sorted but it's just that it's just that sour taste in the mouth when you know just that that bit when, when all the good news was going in goes you know was coming in on Saturday-ish when you know we was getting bought and whatnot and then finally and it's just that little bit of like I don't know it's just like it's like just getting to the end of a really nice sandwich and then at the end he realises a bit of shit on the end of the ham. That's the only thing I like to stick <laughs> it to. So you got you got to the end of a fucking brilliant, like, just like, oh, what's the best? But like, i tell you what the best way is. And a Reuben sandwich from like an American diner, just fucking ace. You get to the bottom though, there's a bit of shit on it and you're like, oh great, that's good. And that's what it just feels like to me. And you know, we've not even bought it yet, this could all still got tits up. Like with the thing, like Mark Isles tweeted today that it should be done by Thursday. I think the deal should be completed, and then the court was on Monday for everything to be paid and whatnot. But if it's still not paid by then, then we're fucked. Like fucked, fucked, fucked. Like truly fucked, aren't we? We will, we will go into administration if if that happens. Um, which is, which is obviously a shame. Um, but then again, I mean, personally, I think as a business. The club will be better off in administration. I because disagree personally, but I don't, I've got a limited knowledge of it. All. Because we we like you just said it then, Dan. It needs gutting from top to bottom. Yeah, so is that. But then I don't want the stadium it, to get fucking sold 
same exactly but as a business like the club is if a normal business was failing as much as this club is the, the business would go into administration get rid of all its staff and completely start again but obviously we can't do that because we're a football club it's a little bit different mm-hmm. but as as a business we we, we should uh, we should probably have accepted administration by now but obviously that comes with that 12 point deduction which is where the footballing thing is, you know, it's very, very, very difficult to run a football club. People, I don't think people understand how difficult it is. There's so many different things to, to sort of take into account. I know, and I'm just... See, I feel like I'm letting everyone down because I'm just too fucking tired to, like, passionately debate anything. But, like, you know, the, all, it all it's went down. It's hard, hard to do, though, isn't it? It's hard, it, yeah. it's hard after so long to remain passionate because you do become, mm-hmm. you do become passive about it and you just... Yeah. You accept all manner of fates, whether it's a twelve-point deduction, whether it's the, the take. If, if the takeover doesn't go through, I, I don't. I don't think that I'd be overly bothered because you just you're just so used to being in the in the situation you're in that it's hard to be emotional about it. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. It is, and I mean, like, like I said, if I think that'll be the end. Like, if this doesn't go through now, I think that'll just ruin. Like, it'll just shatter every Bolton fan to think. That is finally over, just to be plundered back into it again. It'd just be unbearable. But you know that you know the court date was a positive day, and we should remain positive until so until otherwise we you know don't have to be anymore. So that was the court date. Like I said, we're back in court again. You know, next Monday, a week from now. Hopefully, we're all sorted then, and we can you know start looking up. Like I said, Dean holds us spot very well at the end of his interview with Line of Vienna this week. Go and listen to it. Do it. It's very good. And you know, could be the start of a brand new future. But hey ho, let's move on to current affairs and not what will be on next week. But the trust, Johnny, what can people now do with the supporters' trust? We we got a bank account um, now. Despite again, we'll have this myth busting session at another time. But despite what people think, it's not actually that easy for one of us in the steering group to just walk into our local NatWest and say, "Hi mate, can I have a bank account, please?" Um, it's the trust is a business. It's it, it's set up like a business. It has to be vetted and things have to be done properly. You can't just no business has a normal a normal NatWest HSBC bank account with a with a debit card like that. You have to have a proper business account, and they take time to set up. And it to be honest with you, we we filed all the paperwork as quickly as we could. It, it, it it's not really my area of expertise. We've got account uh, accountants and stuff on on board and. Um, people who've got expertise in banking, but they did everything as quickly as they could. However, we've got the bank account now, and it's up and running. So we had five and a half, nearly 6,000 people who pledged their support to the trust, um, saying they would pay their £10 when this day finally came along, and this day is here. So if you haven't already done it, go to bwfcst.co.uk and give us your £10 please for an annual membership you can pay by bank transfer direct debit or uh, PayPal so I've set up my direct debit which will then renew for me annually every year on the 1st of March Can I actually ask about this genuinely for my own sake can you cancel it as a subscription or will it continuously renew can I stop it from just renewing without me realising if you get me um, well, you've paid your tenor now, so the money will. Like, I've paid my tenor, so it's come out of my account. So yeah. you can. 
as far as I'm aware, I, I, I'll, I'll double check this, but I think you can cancel your direct debit and then just okay, that's what, yeah. kind of pay, pay again. But if you don't want to do a direct debit, just just pay through PayPal. Oh, right, okay, that's not. Um, that's just not just pay ten pound. I mean, you, we can. We're also accepting checks, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. If anybody wants to send us uh, any money or any checks or anything by post, just send it to the club uh, and put for the attention of the trust. We have someone who goes and collects post uh, every other day from the club um so yeah that's it really and people will ask what the money is for so the money is at the moment is for um just the general running costs of the trust really setting up the elections because the elections aren't cheap or free uh we have to get people involved to be able to run the ballots and stuff like that pay for a venue for meetings things like that in the future well it's not really up to me it's up to the elected board of the trust they will do what they think is right with the money based on the opinions of the members of the trust who, and the members of the trust are all those people who paid their £10 membership fee. You can also make a donation of any size you wish, uh, which you can set up a direct debit for. Again, if you want to donate 100 quid over a year, we can set that up as a direct debit and it'll come out every month. You can pay it all at once. It's up to you. So plenty of um, options, then. There's plenty of options for people. I think you go on the website, bwfcst.co.uk, click on the Join the Trust uh, tab, which is the second one along on the top bar, um, and then it, all your options are listed there. Um, uh, Tom, are you signing up for it? Yeah. Um, in, in fact, I received the email and, and, and didn't do it over the weekend, so Johnny reminded me to do it. But I, I don't see any any decent argument why you wouldn't just be a part of something that's going to be um, at the very at the very least important. Um, the best case scenario is it's going to be something very special in the long term. So uh, I, I don't see I don't see the argument why why somebody wouldn't. I mean, we've got well, really we've got two two options for the trust. The, the first will be that eventually it, it becomes a major stakeholder in the club, um, which would hopefully be on like a fifty fifty basis with with owners. Um, that's Obviously, something that we can discuss in the future, particularly if we get taken over by Sports Shield. Um, you never know what's going to happen. But the the more likely thing that will happen is the same as at Swansea, where they have the trust as an elected board, just as every trust does, and then a member of that board sits on the club's board. So they that that person will attend. It's usually the chairman of the trust um, who will attend all club board meetings, sit with the directors of the club, um, and then make sure the fans are, are all represented at these meetings so that's what they do at Swansea and I think that's probably the way that we'll end up going mm-hmm. at the moment because with the, all the takeover stuff I, I can't see us being able to, to, to get a stake in the club at the moment which I'm, I'm not really sure we're, we're ready as a trust but we, we just kind of preempted that just in case we, we did go into administration and, and that was a, a viable option really it wasn't rushed it was well planned out and stuff but yeah the, the Swansea thing's really really good it'll be mm-hmm completely different for the club there'll be a new sort of window of transparency for fans which is fantastic sounds very good I think unless you've got something to add there Tom no completely agree if you're listening join don't be square so we'll move on to the other point I think the last thing we have to talk about on Bolton News and whatnot today that story broke in that good old shit rag that is the sun today about Bolton's player wages and I guess I should get it up, shouldn't I? Oh, which is what I get told quite a lot. Woohoo! Woohoo! Oh, why the fuck did I just say What's that? that? 
joke. Sorry? Was that a penis joke? It was, yes. It was on the podcast. Although it is is on the podcast. It is after nine o'clock when we're recording, yeah, yeah. so we, we should. We should <laughs> although we have we have a watershed, we should apologise to anybody that's sorry to Tony. Who is taking? Yeah, anyone who's taking their kids to school and listening in the car or whatever, we we are we are sorry. Okay, as I was gonna say, this article detailed the amount of wages we play to each player, and it is as follows: David Weeter, seventeen k a week; Liam Feeney, seventeen k a week bollocks. Neil Dan's 10k a week. Emil Heskey 7k a week. Stephen Dobby 4k a week. Mark Davis 18k a week. Jay Spearman 18k a week. Um, Liam Trotter 11k a week. Derek 10k a week. Dor- Dorian Devite 9k-, 9k a week. Dean Moxie 8.5k a week. Gary Medine 8k a week. Darren Prattley 14k a week. Ben Amos 16k a week. Now I'm going to go out there on a limb and say that about eighty percent of this is fucking bullshit. Personally, I believe Wheater, I believe Spearing, I believe Davis, and I believe Amos. The rest, I do not believe for a. Oh, I'm Prattley maybe, but the rest, I do not believe for a single fucking second. From what we know at Line of Air Suite, we know that Iadigo Johnson was on literally next to fuck all on his wages. So there's absolutely no chance in hell Emil Heskey's on seven k a week. There's no chance Stephen Dobby is on four k a week. And the likes, you know, other players who've signed recently, I can't see, you know, the likes of Trotter on 11k, Derek on 10k when he's come from, you know, a Madrid reserve team which wouldn't have been on much, Davide on 9k, I just, I just don't see, I, and Liam Phoenix 17k a week, that's either a typo or the biggest load of bollocks I've ever seen in my fucking life. Tom, it's just missed a normal point. Yeah, Tom, go on, how much of it's bullshit, how much of it is real concern, uh, etc. They've got this off Football Manager, haven't they? Yeah. It's just... Listen, to be honest, there's, there's, a, there's been a five-minute story in that for the press for a long time because they're going to get bored of writing about the trouble that we're in. And um, it's just a five-minute chip paper job, this, isn't it? Like you said, some of them seem... Especially the ones that signed either in the Premier League or in the first season in the Championship, they're probably rather accurate but also you know these these things like appearance fees and bonuses and, and all that palaver so it might be the case that you know if Emil Esky plays 90 minutes scores a hat trick then he, his wage might go up to 7k a week I don't know um, it's, it's, it, some of it seems some of it seems accurate but it's not like the sun to exaggerate is it yeah not at all Johnny thoughts no I agree I agree with Tom I mean as far as I was aware, Mark Davis was on... I thought David Wheater was on 20, 25k plus. Yeah, yeah. It's quite, uh, quite as, good, really, isn't it? Uh, as with um, Mark Davis, I thought he was demanding almost 30 grand a week, which is why Sheffield Wednesday didn't sign him in January. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I agree. I think the, the players that we signed in the, in the Premier League or in the first season in the Championship will be on those kind of fees. Liam Feeney, I can't see us signing... For that amount of money, Heskey, I thought he was only on three grand a week last year, so uh, I can't see why they would have given him a pay rise. Dobby, he should be giving us money. Um, Trotter, not a chance. Derek, maybe, probably seems a bit high. Deveet, why Deveet would be on more uh, on less than Derek when Derek signed after him, uh, and Deveet definitely signed. Yeah, when we, sense, when, we, when we were alright. Why, why, yeah, surely David would say, well, I'm off then. I'll tell my agent I want another Please club. Please do it. Please. 
Uh, yeah. Right, so you earn 50p a week, whereas fucking Philip Twardzik is actually on 700k a week. You should. Yeah. Know. Speaking of which, quick detour. Did you all see Maria Popolova's fucking outburst on Twitter? That was fun. Yeah, what's wrong with her? Oh, I don't know. I saw that down a bit, but she said something like, I just went out of Bolton, and then in a shock horror, our mate Gaza Compton actually came out with um, a feasible point of absolute reason when he said it could be anything. Fair play, Gaza. But yeah, it's just people started calling her, they got, well, saying, well, your boyfriend's shit or something. It's like, you mate, you've seen him play four times, you don't exactly know if he's shit or not, do you? But, yeah. yeah. I do. Well, yeah, I know, we <laughs> I know we all do, but you know what I'm saying. It's, yeah. It just, right, where do people get off Twats. tweeting abuse to the girlfriend or the partner of a football player? Get a life. Go make yourself a brew, read a book, and reevaluate your decision-making. Stop tweeting the partners of football players to tell them that you don't like Philip Twardzik. Nobody likes Philip Twardzik. No one's going to no retweet you or put you on a pedestal and send you off for a friggin' MBE. Get a, get, just get a grip. Make yourself a cup of tea. Sit down and think about your actions. Idiots. Correct. C- could Move on. Yeah. No, agreed. Agreed. Um, yeah, after that quick detour, because that was a bit funny. Um, what was we on about? Wages, yeah. Uh, wages, yeah. I think, I think, yeah, that a lot of them are bullshit. They, they just doesn't seem... When you know players who signed at certain times and under certain managers and when the club had more money, why would a player like Gary Medine that we signed this summer be on more money than certain other players? It's just, it's just, it just doesn't make sense. It's a lot of bollocks. Yeah, I completely agree. And I, like I said, I agree with the high ones. Well, I don't ever do because we all thought they were on more. But I agree that those five are on that type of wage. Like we know there was money available for Amos because there was money made to Bogdan before he moved to Liverpool. So we knew there was money there. So we all expect. Like, was it was it a surprise to anyone that Amos was on quite a bit? I thought he was on eighteen k a week. So knowing that he's on sixteen, no, is it first choice keeper? Yeah, he's, well, he he he's no first choice keeper. Prattley, it, it wouldn't surprise me if Amos, Prattley, David Weeter, Mark Davis, and Spearing. maybe even Spearing, maybe even Gary Medine were our highest earners because they are really the first names on the team sheet. I don't like saying it, but Gary Medine's our first choice striker. Yeah. So, Darren Prattley, club captain, Jay Spearing, former club captain, arguably vice captain, really. Weeter, he's, he's a former Premier League player, he's been here a long time. Amos, first choice, first choice keeper. Mark Davis, he's the only, he's our longest serving player. Why? Like that, that, that shouldn't surprise fans how much they're getting paid. But when people are telling us that Dorian Davies getting that much money, I just can't see yeah. it. I really the can't. Heskey one, the Feeney one, and the them. What they're the Fee, Liam Feeney, Liam. Unless Neil Lennon really, really does like him that much, to, to, it wasn't even Feeney signed him though, is it? It was Friedman, wasn't it? No, but he's almost played. He's almost played every game under Lennon. Yeah, and it's just and he, Yeah, he seems to really, really like him. So unless Lennon's, I don't know. Yeah, giving him extra, extra cash or something. I've got on the nose. Got on the nose. Yeah, I mean, complete agreement. Tom, are you as well? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It's, I, 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 it's. It, we live in a world of. 150 200k a week for not not world class but you know top premier league players can earn that so you know when you're trying to turn it out to be a scandal that david wheater earns 18 grand a week like i said it's it's chip paper in it because 
it's pittance in the grand scheme of things in in the world of football. I mean, in our situation of, you know, if that was the case, then then you've probably got a five minute story in it. But it's a drop in the ocean when it comes to you know to the money in football. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So I said some of it is probably real. The high earners, yeah, probably on more really. It just stinks of a journalist who thinks he knows the club absolutely knowing nowhere near as what the actual fans of the club know, and we know that. You know, there's no way that some of those players, maybe we're being naive and thinking the club couldn't be that fucking stupid, which we know they can't be. But we just know from past experiences that there's no way some of those players aren't that much. I think you know, that's a very good conclusion. So coming up next will be a quick, brief preview of Bolton's trip to Leeds on Saturday, and then a you know a hastily put together League One quiz, which I'm not really sure how it's going to work. We'll we'll do something. Um, yeah, see you later. Well, see you in literally seconds. Hello, welcome to the final segment of the Love Pod 48. Still Daniel, I'm still joined by Johnny and Thomas. This is we're going to talk briefly about Leeds, guys. We're going to go to Leeds on Saturday. We never win there. Well, apart from that time we battered them like five 0 whatever it was. That was fun. I was in LA then. That was fun. Um, fucking. First of all, Leeds are absolute fucking joke of a club. We give them seven thousand tickets. All at twenty quid a pop in the FA Cup. They charge Bolton fans thirty-seven quid. Cheers, lads. You continue thinking you're important and you're bigger than you are. When really, is that how much it is? Thirty-seven yeah. quid. Yeah. Oh, bloody! Are we gonna go? It's a fucking Fuck that. Chilly. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly is just fucking shit stain of a club these days. Which I feel, I feel sorry for these fans because they deserve better than that fucking tyrant. But anyway. We got to Leeds, second bottom, seven points adrift, four points away from Rotherham, the place above us. Johnny, what team do we play? How do we go about it? Do we win, etc.? Break the 332 day winless run away from home, I believe. God, is that how long it is now? Yeah, that is bad, isn't so. it? I've not done it exactly. Just, um, just working out my head. I think we go... Well, it's obviously going to be Richubka because I don't think Amos is going to be fit, is he? No, um, not for a few weeks. I would go... Vela right back, sadly. Um, holding Derek, Moxie. Yep, quite like, I quite like, yeah, quite like the diamond. I think it worked well. Uh, so we'll stick with the same midfield. Spear him. Excuse me, uh, in the holding role, Prattley on the right. Back. No, it's fearing in the holding role. <laughs> tool. Yeah, no, I was making the. Oh, that, that's the worst joke I've ever heard. <laughs> that's the worst joke I've ever heard, and you've just interrupted my my, my flow of my team. Sorry about that. <laughs> it's too, too um, Jay Spearing in the midfield anchor role, um, Prattley on the right. Matt Davis on the left-ish, narrow. Um, I'll probably play Clough there up top and Feeney and Medine, I think, to start. And I might even bring Wellington on at half-time, but I don't know who for. And maybe switch it up with like 4-3-3 or something. Uh, Tom, what do you go with? In true Mike, Bas- Mike Bassett fashion, I'd go 4-4-2. Yes! Um, of course, Laurie Wilson starts at right back, Moxie yeah. left back, holding Derek and Rudchuppy. You can't really put anyone else in because that's just the way it is. Um, Vela sitting um, with Prattley, 
Feeney on the right, Silver on the left, Clough and Medine. Oh no, do you know what? No, I can't go, I can't renege on what I said before. Clough and anybody but Gary Medine. Emil Heskey, probably. Sweet as. Me, even though I'll, you know, I keep saying this, I'm never going to get it. 4 2 3 1, same defence as Johnny, Vela, you know, Big Chubbs, Vela, Holding, Derek, Moxie. The holding midfield would be Prattley and Spearing. I then can't really drop him after the last game, unfortunately. Feeney, Clough and Silver in an attacking three with I would like to just fucking throw Woolery on fucking Sammy Darcy on up front but that's never gonna happen, Sammy Dean. Goal and an goal and an assist tonight for Kanye. Yep. Okay. I think he's very I think he's very good. I I think we'll call him Kanye as well. Yep. Um I, I think he's very good at it. I think it's a lot of shit. How too can raw. how can you how can you call a player too raw? He's not a carrot. Yep. Oh, a big fucking steak. I, I, I wrote a piece about this today, which you might call me for being a United fan about about how you know Rashford, Varela, fucking all, <laughs> all the. Oh, United I forgot. Players. Oh yeah, we're not. We're not. Why don't we do a separate segment about your your injection of youth okay. in your team at the moment? Yeah. How do you feel when Van Gaal fell over, embarrassed? That was very funny, actually. I was laughing at quite a lot. But yeah, yeah. If, if Marcus... The point was, if Marcus Rashford can do it against Arsenal, Woolery can do it against Leeds. Give him a fucking go. But anyway, how do you... Oh, go. Take the Kanye Woolery and Jamie Thomas have scored 17 goals in the development squad between them uh, this season. Savidazi has scored, I believe, in total of under-21s and under-18s, about 20 goals, I think. So, you know. I won't play... I won't play... Uh... Samadazi, because he's he's literally about four feet tall. I yeah, saw him the other day. Stocky though, isn't he? He's like he look. He seems Ish. like he's got like like type like small but fucking wide. You know, got a wide berth, whatever. But anyway, um, Tom, how do you see the game going? Bolton gonna break the duck? <laughs> no. No. Thanks for that. <laughs> um, Bolton. Nil leads more than nil. Sound prediction, really. Uh, Johnny? I'm going to say Bolton nil leads three. Um, well, Leeds did get battered 4 off Brighton today and we're like 4 0 down after 40 minutes. Is that maybe something to think about? Personally, I do believe. We will lose by one goal to nil, as we tend to do. Right, shit. This is very not very well put together. So, I don't really know how we're going to do this, really. League One quiz, everybody. I don't know how it's going to happen, really. I'm going to try and I work don't it want out. to with this new quiz master, that's what's happened. Yeah, you've been usurped, one would say. It'll be, it'll be demanded. Will be demanding for my return on the, on the Twitter sphere. Well, I've got a good question, but it's hard. I'm trying to get the information of it. It's is proving a bit difficult because websites are shit. Right, we'll just, we'll we'll roll with it with this. Uh, that's me. That's my, my cup final question. I need. I'm just going to go to the old BBC fixture list, and we're going to really wing it. Don't worry. There's like <laughs> you two. Don't worry. There's like fucking long bits of silence. I'll just fucking get rid of them. League on quiz, Johnny versus Tom. That's a fucking fictional. Fucking God. Oh, right. There was, on the weekend, 
One, yeah. two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Who the fuck? Damn, for God's sake. There were 12 games. Johnny, do you want to go first or second? Actually, no, I'll flip a coin. What the fuck are we doing? I have no coins. I'm skin. I'm a skin student. Um, right, we're going to do... I'm going to do rock, paper, scissors with my two hands. Right? Johnny, your left hand. Tom, your right hand. I'll tell you who wins. Okay? Okay. Right, this is a very, I'm not sure about this, it's a bit like, I imagine this is how they vote for the FIFA president. So you're you're going to play rock, paper, scissors with yourself and tell okay, me if I've do, won or can not. Can we do rock, paper, scissors over the speaker? You say, okay, you just got to say what you've got to say at the same time. So I'll do the count for three, two, one. Then you two have got to say what you'd do for rock, paper, scissors at the same time, okay? Right, okay. A bit better than my original plan. I haven't listened to you play rock, paper, scissors with yourself. No, nope, it's not happening now. Sorry about that. Okay. 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 Are you ready? Yeah. yeah. Are we going... So we're just saying one word straight away. Say one of rock, paper, or scissors, and the winner right. will go first. Are we going on three or after three? After, after three. Immediately after three. Okay. Okay. Ready. One, on. two, three. Rock. Rock. <laughs> we. <laughs> yeah, okay. One, two, three. Paper. We. Right, Champion. What a long-winded affair that was. Okay. Um. I've, I've got literally no question. Okay, okay. Which former big Premier League striker scored in League One at the weekend? Um, this is your home question, by the way. I think. Yeah, it is. Tough shit. <laughs> Grant Holt. Correct! Me. Is he still at Wigan? No, um, he's on loan at Wigan. Rochdale. He's at Rochdale. Oh, yeah. Right. Wigan are proper going to get promoted, by the way. Oh, yeah, it's fucking sad, isn't it? This smash, isn't it? We're not talking about that. I know. Very bad. Oh. We will be talking about Wigan momentarily, though. Little little precursor to one of the questions. Um, oh, okay. Um, sorry, but, yeah, this is very fucking <laughs> shit. Is the word I'm looking for? Oh, wait, where the fuck is he? Uh, oh, I don't even know. Um, fuck. Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know what to ask. <laughs> It's all falling apart right at the end, isn't it? Um, it's the worst quiz ever, this. Tom, mm. your question. What was the most common result in League One on the weekend? And you've got to have it the right way around, if you get me. Okay. 2-1 uh, to the home team. Incorrect. Uh, do you want to have a go at answering, Johnny, though you don't get the... Uh, I'll say 1-0 to the away team. We only quit two. It was actually 2-1 to the away team. Oh. Dumb, dumb, dumb. The only reason I'm doing this quiz is because I've got like, I've got a question that I quite like to do as the final question. I don't, is the answer Port Vale? <laughs> the answer is always Port Vale. It's weird because I literally just clicked on Port Vale's game to see the score of it. 
which is quite an That's the only one I know. Um, whew. Ooh, I'm stuck now. Okay. Johnny. Name. Go on. Three former Bolton players who played in League One on the weekend. Oh, God. Um... Actually, no, no, no. Four. Uh, on loan? No, I don't count, does it? No, just former. Just former. Oh, my God. Um... I actually don't even know where to begin, mate. I really don't. <laughs> Uh, 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 I, mean, I think uh, I'm happy uh, to pat down to three because I think there's, there's a yes, of it. Yes, Kalainen. Correct. That's one. Um, who else have we got that plays for us? Played for us. Uh, 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 Not to worry you, Johnny, but I've got two, possibly three. Oh, Not, just like... Not just at Wigan. Really? Oh, yeah. mate, I, I don't know. I'm going to I'm gonna have to to abstain and say this is a, a big fail for me this just, I'm just so to sorry be, just to be just to confirm Tom if you oh shit I don't even know what to ask you right, Johnny gets here for that but if Tom gets his question right which fuck knows what I'm going to ask Tom <laughs> he'll go ahead with two what What are you going to answer with Tom uh, Owen Garvin correct oh and I'm going to go for Andy Kelly he didn't play Oh, and then my last one was a risky Giles Coke. Giles Coke is at Bury, I do believe. And if I check the lineup, he. Well, I can't see him in the team, so he might not actually be playing at Bury, which is, you know, it's, it's funny no. how he will play for Ipswich Town, so, nope. <laughs> oh, that's there. good. That's good. Another one would have been Chris Basham at Sheffield United. Oh, that's what I was trying to think of. Who is I, of forgot Andy Kelly. I forgot Andy Kelly was at Wigan. Who is, of course, Sheffield United's captain. Which, is he? Yeah, which I'll never like forget. And Craig Davis did come on for Wigan. There's another. So, Johnny. Right, so Tom. Fuck knows what I'm going to ask you. Jesus. I don't know how you do this, mate. I don't know how you do it. This is such a difficult process. It's a good half an hour's worth of work. Yeah, and this is very off the cuff. <laughs> okay, this might be quite easy, so sorry, Johnny, but what controversy struck League One at the weekend? Oh, Jesus. You get um, no clues, nothing, nothing further. What controversy struck League One? Yes, or a specific game at League One, I'll give you that much. Is it... The I don't know if it was this weekend or the weekend before. It's just the weekend before. Um, so it's not. It's not that. Um, Blackpool won. Oof, incorrect. They lost, but it was at the right game. Johnny, do you know what the answer no. is? Uh, no, I don't. Um. No, that was that was Premier League. No, I don't. Was that Blackpool at half time in their game against Bradford City played? We didn't start the fire. Oh, they did. They did. I knew that. <laughs> so Johnny, you're still Oh my nil. God! Surely, surely that wasn't intentional. 
No, I doubt it. It's just, you know, how it is. Anyway, the final question, the one that this has all been building towards. Wigan Athletic, Johnny, signed about 30 fucking players in the summer, or in January as well. I want you to name 10 of them. Oh, Jesus. For three points. Oh, my. Oh, my God. Um... Just yes, Glennon. Correct. Andy Keller. Uh, Craig Davis. Kevin McNaughton. Is it Kevin? Yeah. Is it that McNaughton? Yeah, that's correct. Um, I'm struggling now. <laughs> I don't know. I, don't, I, I can't go. I'm going to have to pass again. If Tom manages to do this, I'm never coming on the podcast ever again. Tom, do you want to go on this one? Uh, have you got one lined up for me afterwards or not? I do. Right, okay. Jordi Huula. Correct. Max Power. Correct. Uh, oh, what's his name? Jacobs. Let that come back to me. That'll come back to me. Um, is it? Was it um, Andy Morgan? What was his name? Really? You think you're a man that Bolton were very closely linked with said Morgan? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, can't remember. Chris Morgan? No. Nope. Right letter. Um, that'll come to me. Joe. Correct. Oh, was that? No, no, that incorrect. That was last season. Last season. Yeah. Uh, six four more to just make Johnny look stupid. I'm really struggling. Um, Jacobs, Jacobs. What's his name? I'll give Bleach you because it's Michael Jacobs. I'll give you Michael. I'm not giving you the defender though. That's not a chance. Not a chance no. he's getting any more. No, I'm done. I'm done. Throw a few in the ring for you. You could have had Donovan Daniels, Sammy Adelusi, Will Grigg, Reese James, uh, Will Grigg? Dan Lavercombe, who Bolton were linked with, uh, Reese Wabara, Sam Marcy, Ryan Colclough, Yannick Wildshut, Connor McElhenney, Harris Vukovic, Sean Murray. Uh, Craig Morgan. Craig. Where's all the money coming from from Wigan? Fuck knows. David Perkins. Uh, keeper called O'Donnell. Kenny. San Francisco Jr. And just a fucking whole, whole load more. They signed so many players. Now, if your question, Tom, to win it. Yeah. Yeah. Wigan also got rid of a fucking You're obsessed. Of players. You are upset. You're a Wigan fan. You're, You're a Wigan fan, aren't you? Got rid of a shitload of players in the summer and in the just in general. Name me two yeah. players they got rid of. Emerson Boyce. Let me make sure. No, that you got. They got. Oh no, correct. Yeah. Um, Went to Blackpool. Fucking lol. Uh, Includes loans out as well. Um, just any player who has departed. Oh, um, Martin Wagon. 
went to Rangers. He did. Um, James Perch. Yeah. Leon Barnett. Oh, I believe he's still there. He's still there. Yeah. Uh... <sighs> mm, who else have they got that's shite? Well, not got his shite. Oh, well, from last season, yeah. Um... I'm running out of ideas. Oh, um... Callum McManaman. Or was that before? I believe he left last January. Ah, well, I can't. Um, who was up front for him last season? You know, going to do this. It's, no, it's, I don't know. Don't sound like I can hear the despair already. No, I'm not going to. I'm not even going to embarrass had, myself. You could have had Andy Delort, Gatan Bong, Ali Alabzi, William Kvist, James Taverner. Aaron Sinclair, James Purchase, you did. Um, Mark Antoine Fortune, Don Coe, who you probably saw at Hearts at the weekend. He came on and had a stinker, yeah. Richard O'Donnell, um, fucking Emre Hughes, Billy Mackay, Grant Holt, um, Albert Crusat, Gary Caldwell, who did leave to become the manager, Kim yeah. Park Young, and Jermaine. That don't count. And Jermaine. <laughs> I needed it at the wall. Regardless. Oh my god, that was me out of the pod forever. Regardless, it's been a shit League One quiz from all concerned, I must say. But the winner is, with one sole correct answer and one point, Mr. Johnny Eckersley. I'll take that. I don't know know how many that is that I've won now, but too many. Please do it next time, please. please. (laughs) That's just a proof. That's just me just showing to you that, right, you are like a, a very important member of the Love Pod with your wonderful quizzes I do not expect any congratulations in the slightest Tom you, if you could take a day off work and prepare loads of League One quizzes yeah. and then we can just have them there then if you can't make it on the pod we can still do them it's just on a file that's a good idea yeah so, maybe get some no. money off maybe get some money off Chris just say yeah. like, only, for, only, for a small fee the only problem is Manning would be looking at all the answers and when he came on he'd be getting Five out of five every week. You know what he's like. No, he he can't have them. They need they need to go to an independent adjudicator. Like we'll have to ask. I don't know. We'll have to. Alan Nixon. Alan. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> that, my dear friends and listeners, brings the Line of Vienna podcast episode forty-eight to a final close. It's been. Nate, I'm just so fucking tired. It's probably been shit. Sorry about that. But hey ho, what can you do? We've literally just made it up as we went along. As always, you can go online at viennasweet.com for some great hashtag content, and you can follow us on Twitter at Line of Go on to Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Line of Suite. We're on. Well, fucking hell, what else are we on, Johnny? I don't know. Sound. Um, that's it, oh, I think. Cloud, I, iTunes for this podcast. Yeah, that's about yeah, it. We're not got. We're not got Snapchat. Do. Yeah, I don't think we do. Um, but iTunes for our sick interview with Old Man Dean Oldsworth. Um, just catch us, come and say hi and whatnot. And you know, I can't. You know, just rate rate this, give it five star if you want. I don't care if this episode specifically doesn't deserve it. We do on a whole, so please, that'd be nice. Yeah, thanks for listening. Um, Johnny, where can the, the where can the people find you? 
You can find me on Twitter at Johnny Eckersley. That's J O N N Y. I'd be happy to answer any of your questions about League One or anything else. Or the Sports Trust, no doubt. There's all the Sports Trust, yeah, of course. Give it a bit of a serious fucking edge to it. And Tom, yeah. where can the fine folk find you? Uh, on Twitter at Down the Manny Road, unless you don't like um, the Love Pod, then. Um, you can tweet my nearest and dearest and tell them how crap I am. Pretty much, and I am, as forever, Nabrowski. Johnny, it's that time to say goodbye to the listeners. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening. <laughs> yeah, sorry that you had to listen. <laughs> yeah, so I, I really am sorry. <laughs> Tom, say farewell. See you later. I thought you fucking gone then right at the end. I was like, no, this can't happen. <laughs> <laughs> and it is goodbye from me. Sell out.